Okay, Walk the Line fans, it is Rivalry Week here at Michigan State University, and this is Walk the Line. I'm Dan Cryer, and with me today again is Brooks Lambier. How's it going, Dan? Hey, good man. I am still under the weather, and uh, I will blame the weather. I think I'm literally under the weather. It's been 45 degrees and uh, chilly for the last about two, three, four weeks. But, uh, you know, I'm hanging in there, man, so I'm happy to be here. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm all right. Tough loss for men's soccer on Wednesday. They got to come back against Northwestern on Sunday, so it's going to be an interesting end of the season. Yep. Brooks loves his soccer. He does. But he also likes being part of Walk the Line, and we love coming in here every week talking about the big games for this weekend. So we're here to talk about NCAA Week 9 and NFL Week 8, but... This NCAA Week 9 that's going to be played on October 25th here on Saturday, this is the game that has got all sorts of circles around it because the team from Ann Arbor is coming into East Lansing to play the Michigan State Spartans. So here it is. The Wolverines and the Spartans are going to go at it. So, uh, Brooks, talk a little bit about uh, what you uh, – are you excited? Like, what? Give me, some, uh, give me a little perspective on what you're thinking going into tomorrow. I mean, they've had a week to prepare the Wolverines, so – I think it's going to be a closer game than people actually think. I'm not saying that it's going to be, you know, coming down to a field goal, but I think okay. early in the game it's going to be close. I, You know, this is something, if Brady Hoke gets blown out in this game, I feel like his his job is he's, he's done, he's on the line. <laughs> this is a rivalry game. It means everything. Right. I just, and I, I just think they're going to keep it close for a while, and then eventually Michigan State's going to pull away. Uh, you know, we're too good. I think we're we're good offensively. When we watched the Indiana game last weekend, I yeah. thought we were, I thought Michigan State was good. I just don't know if w- they are as great offensively as a lot of people think they are. Right. But, but they are good enough to beat Michigan by at least two or more touchdowns. Right. Well, and we're going to get into the spread in one second here. And um, my two cents on the matter is, uh, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned Brady Hoke's job being on the line. I mean, like I've, I've mentioned a couple weeks ago, I mean, Dave Brandon, the athletic director of Michigan, seemed to have tethered himself to Hoke and said, you know, he's my guy. I'm sticking with him. So I'm pretty sure Hoke is going to be there to the end of the season, no matter what happens. So, yes, like you mentioned, Michigan has had a week off to prepare. Two weeks ago, they defeated Penn State 18-13 to at home. They had a week off to prepare. Now they get to come for this game, which is really a make or break for their season because even if they go on to lose to Ohio State and other other teams, if they can defeat Michigan State, that's going to be great because they know that they'll be knocking us out of any hopes for the college football playoffs. So a lot riding on the game uh, for both teams. Now getting into the spread of it all, and um, you know we usually do a recap of last week, which I I will do just quickly. I just want to uh, give a Brooks. Let's give ourselves some applause here. We killed it last week. We need. We just na- we named uh, three games. We had Michigan State covering against Indiana, which they won fifty six to seventeen. You and I were very good about that. We had the over in that one. Uh, we 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 you had Notre Dame winning. They almost beat Florida State. I had Florida State winning by four, which is exactly what happened. And I got to give myself some credit. I picked West Virginia to beat Baylor. You thought Baylor would perform better, but I just had a feeling about that one. So last week was a really good week in picking. So now that sets up this week because Michigan State really looked a little like they were playing with their food too much against Indiana. Don't you agree in that first half? They were just kind of messing around too that, much. That first half was not very good. 
Uh, they need to perform better. That's for sure. In the first quarter, now they need they have they have yet to put a complete game against a good team from first to fourth quarter. Right, and and it's a weird thing because I mean you could tell that uh, Michigan State uh, had what it takes to really squash the Xander Diamant uh, freshman quarterback, and you know he he I got to give the guy some credit because he did run for a touchdown that gave them a lead, and 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 their their, um, their running back Tevin Coleman sprang a big run and stuff. So there was a point at which uh, right before the half, with about five minutes to go, Michigan State was trailing 17-14, but. There was a great pass from Cook to Price down the sideline, and then Lankford ran it in. I'm so happy and proud of Lankford, man. He gets to that five-yard line, just launched himself in the end zone. Michigan State gets the ball back. Another touchdown, a little shovel pass there to R.J. Shelton. So really, I mean, you just said something about the offense. You're a little worried. I think that we have just a uh, just a panoply of of weapons. I mean, we have so many different guys. We have, you know, even and Burbridge was in there. I mean, remember, Burbridge used to be Maxwell's number one guy. Now Burbridge catches a pass, and you go, wait, is Burbridge still on the team? So he caught some. I mean, Lippitt had over 120, I think he had 123 yards. I mean, we have Price at tight end. He's great. Uh, Nick Hill sprang a long run at the end. So, I mean, uh, after me saying all this, do you still think we don't have a good offense? I think... They haven't played a great defense yet. They, I mean, besides Oregon. So, I mean, when they play Ohio State, then I'll compare them. Okay. Okay, and then, like, that's just how that's just how it's going to be. Okay, well, this is great because this is good. I have the stats pulled up. So the, the let's set up this game then. So the Wolverines are coming into East Lansing. As it stands right now today, uh, Michigan State is favored by 16.5 points, so they're minus 16.5. The over-under is 49.5. And I'm looking at some stats here because Michigan State's offense, the rush offense, is 16th in the nation and the pass is 41st in the nation, okay? But Michigan's defense is really good. Michigan's defense, pass defense, is 35th in in the nation and their rush defense doesn't even give up 100 yards per game. It's 4th in the nation. So we're going to find out, I think, tomorrow if Michigan State's offense is pretty good because on the flip side, Michigan State's uh, defense is also very good. Seventh in the nation in rush defense, 20th in pass, but Michigan's offense is atrocious. 105th in pass offense, 66th in rush. So that's something I'll get into in a second. But, I mean, talk about that clash we have here about our offense and their defense. I mean, it's going to be one in the trenches, but I think this is when we're going to find a lot about Connor Cook. He's only 108 for 186 for and he has a lot of yards, one thousand six hundred forty-one yards. But his completion percentage only went sixty-one, sixty-one point four percent. You usually want that a little higher towards sixty-three, sixty-five area. Yeah, that's usually what a lot of guys are looking sure. for, the scouts and whatnot. And you know he's got sixteen TDs, five interceptions, but he's played easy teams in, right. through you the know, season. When he's good, he's really good because he can step in and zip a pass. He tends to get a little lackadaisical back there. And when he threw that interception against Indiana, the one that right before the quarterback right ran in the that, middle of the field, right in the middle of the field, and it was off a back heel. And you know they were nailing the guy. The guys on uh, uh, broadcasting the game were just nailing him for throwing off the back back heel. And what happens is he throws floaters. And he threw he threw into triple coverage basically, and that cannot happen in the Michigan game. He's got to be just on point, stepping into it. So when I think I think another thing too is he just can't eye down Lippitt the whole time. And he, Lippitt right. and Josiah Price are his two big receivers. Yes, Lippitt thirty nine receptions for seven hundred eighty six yards, and Price fifteen receptions for two hundred forty four yards. 
Slippin has eight TDs. Josiah Price has four. I yeah. think he's going to have to spread the ball out more. Right. And that's what's great. McGarrett Kings is a, a huge weapon. RJ Shelton, you know, and like, uh, you know, uh, just Nick Hill. And then uh, who's number 22? I'm trying to drum it. What, uh, uh, why am I blanking on 22? Not Burbridge. Um, the running back. He comes oh, well, in. Oh, Dalton Williams. Yeah, Dalton well, Williams. Dalton Williams comes in. He had a touchdown against Indiana. So, I mean, we are loaded. So, uh, as we get close here now, we're going to predict here. I am Here's what I'm predicting for tomorrow. Okay, Michigan State's defense is going to destroy Michigan's offense. Devin Gardner doesn't have very many weapons. True. And that means that we're talking short field for our offense against their defense. I could see us getting punts, you know, uh, fair catches on, on their side of the field, on the 45, the 38. You know, maybe causing some turnovers. I just think that Michigan Wolverines are going to be having to face our offense coming right down their throat the whole time. And I really don't think that Michigan's offense has what it takes to sustain a drive to keep their defense rested. That's the biggest thing that I think is going to be. Do you agree with something like that? that yeah. Assessment? But the only thing they have on offense that Michigan does is Devin Funches. Gardner gets out of the pocket a couple yes. times. Derek, they don't have. They're two good running backs. Derek Green, eighty-two carries for four hundred seventy-one yards, three TDs, and then Devon Smith, fifty-nine carries for three hundred six yards and four TDs. You know that that's not bad to have, but they don't run the ball consistently no. enough. They don't have a good offensive line. No, the really only player they have, like I said, is Devin Funches, yep. who's tall, can go go up and get the ball, plays in the slot. Much like a Calvin Johnson, so and Michigan State is probably in Devin Gardner's head. I mean, I don't think he's played a worse game in his life than he did last year, and it wasn't because of him; it was because of our defense. Mm-hmm. We were tracking him down. I mean, they had negative forty-four combined yards total rushing last year. I mean, twenty-nine to six victory, and it should have been worse. I mean, we missed an extra point there. I mean, so and that's what's interesting for this Geiger. He missed another field goal, which Michigan State had a fourth and one and didn't run for it. I think maybe D'Antoni was trying to get him some confidence, but he didn't make he didn't make his field goal. So you see, fifty. Six points. That's just eight extra points. So you had zero field goals. I mean, I think we're going to need Geiger to literally step up, I guess you got to say. I mean, he's got to come through at some point. So I think with Michigan State uh, and Michigan's having a good defense, I think we're going to see some field goals tomorrow mm-hmm. at some point. So uh, would you like to go first on this one? We yes. have Michigan State minus 16.5. The over-under is 49.5, and, and it's a 330 game. The weather is supposed to be 60 degrees. I, I would a 10% chance of precipitation, so I'm not sure. It's supposed, supposed to be, be sunny. Yes, yeah, sunny. So, cloudy, yeah. so that's pretty good. Like, I'm happy because I'm going to be in the crowd there and I'm feeling under the weather so I need a little sunshine in my life yeah so uh, why don't you give me a pick on this game I'm going to say Michigan puts up or Michigan State puts up 42 points okay so MSU puts up 42 and then U of M I'll give them 21 so you're doubling them up that's uh, that's great so you have it going over you have us giving up 21 points to a team now okay so I agree I think that Michigan State's going to cover I just do and uh, this isn't, I'm trying to be objective here. Subjectively, I think that Michigan State's going to win 99 to nothing and we're going to like miss the extra point to make it 100 to nothing. Okay. But objectively speaking, we have a team in Michigan that just struggles so offensively and Michigan State's defense is ready to pound them into the ground. And that's, like I said, going to give short fields to Michigan State's offense. And it's just going to be one thing after another coming at Michigan's defense. And so the question is, how powerful is Lankford in the run game? You know, how 
how good is Connor Cook? Can he keep the bad passes off? You know, and the but boy, we you know we do those jet sweep runs. We do that that little shovel pass for the touchdown. Just I just I love our offense. I think we're clever. So I am objectively saying that Michigan State puts up over fifty points tomorrow and merely gives up 16. So I'm going 52 to 16, wow. which is going to send the Wolverines to a 3 and 5 record. And it's one of those things where uh, Mark Hollis doesn't need to worry about fans leaving early tomorrow because the fans are going to be there no matter what. And a close game, blowout, especially in a blowout. The fans are going to be doing that thing where they go, yes, 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 yes. I mean, that's what I'm expecting to see. I'm expecting to see, I mean, people say close game, close game. I mean, I just think onslaught. This is where, like, we just unleash it all. And honestly, it could get even worse than that because I don't think that Michigan State has any reason to hold back on Michigan. So I mean, they don't. I just don't think Michigan State's a team that, they're not an Oregon that puts up that many points. That's the thing with me. Well, I mean, this season, boy, when I saw, I mean, because it was 17 to 14, there was five minutes to go, and yes, this was Indiana, but all it took was boom, pass, boom, run, touchdown, got it back, boom, now it's 28-17. You know, they, they, they stalled out on their first drive, but got the ball right back against Indiana, boom, it was, it was 35-17, 42-17, 49-17, 56-17, so it's like a team that just keeps coming and gets stronger and stronger, so. I mean, Devin Gardner is a... Red is a senior. He's not a redshirt freshman, but sometimes he plays like a redshirt freshman. But we'll see. I don't think he's. I don't know. I just. I just don't feel like it's going to be that many. All right. It's funny though. He. So. So. I said fifty. Uh, fifty-two. You said forty-two, and you're like no. But uh, yeah, we both have Michigan State kicking the crap out of the Wolverines, and I really hope that happens. And I really uh, want to stick by the the. When I say we, I mean we. I'm talking social identity theory. We. That's an in group. Brooks is a student here. I'm a student here. This is we. I don't put pads on, but it's still we. And we are going to kick the crap out of Michigan tomorrow. And what is that going to be then? Six out of seven, or five out of six? I think it's already five out of six, isn't it? Yeah, I think the last time we lost to him was at in, in, in Ann Arbor, and when Maxwell was playing quarterback. Right, and I looked the the the. Uh, you know, overall uh, head-to-head record is 66 uh, and 33 in Michigan's favor with five ties. And so six years ago, that was 62 and 28. So uh, it's flipping, baby. And and the, the, that Paul Bunyan trophy, he's staying here in East Lansing. So and, and I think that if Michigan State gets a chance to uh, humiliate them, I think that they will gladly do that. And I think that they deserve to get humiliated for everything. So... We'll see what happens. That's just me as a Michigan State student talking a little smack. So uh, anyway, I can't wait, man. Can't wait. All right. Here's the second game I want to talk about this week. And this is directly related to Michigan State because it's the Ohio State Buckeyes. They are looking great. They seem to be getting better every week. Would you agree? I mean, they just keep getting better and better. JT Bear looks really good. Yeah. And I mean, their offense is putting up big points. They, 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 they hosted Rutgers last week, just jumped all over them. So they beat them bad. It was, a, it, was a, it was a high-scoring affair. Now, this week, they have to travel to Happy Valley to play Penn State. Ohio State is minus 13.5, and, and the over-under is 51.5. So I'm just going to go first here and say Ohio State is ready. They're going to they're ready to destroy Penn State and they're going to come in here. Now, thankfully, Michigan State gets a week to prepare for this game with Ohio State after the Michigan game because they're going to need to prepare. And that's going to be the deciding game. So, uh, you know what? Why don't you talk for a little bit and then I'll give my pick. But what do you think about this Ohio State team? I, I mean, I I think this game is Penn State just can't they just they they don't do much of anything. They 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 don't move the ball very well. 
the points against, 15.26th overall, points for 21.1. They don't put up points, 111th overall. They don't run the ball very well, 93.2 yard average, 121st overall in the NCAA. They they can't do much of anything, and they don't have the weapons. They're going to get those scholarships back, but they're just not there yet. And Christian Hackenberg is not having a very good year. He only has five TDs and and he has seven interceptions. That's the problem. And and I'm looking at the stats too. I mean, like now Penn State's not having a terrible season. They're four and two. You know, their two losses came to Northwestern at home when they were undefeated. That was a shocker to them. And then they got beat on the road at Michigan two weeks ago. But now the thing about them is their rush defense, they only give up 60.8 yards per per game. That's first in the nation. So Ohio State is 17th in the nation at 259, 260 yards a game, basically. So there's your clash there. So we're going to really see... How good is Ohio State? This is a perfect game for Michigan State for some assessment purposes. And, uh, you know, I'm just now I'm going to give my pick. I think Ohio State goes in there and just runs all over them, passes through them, does what they want, has fun with them. The, the over under is 51 and a half. I think Ohio, or Ohio State, yeah, I mean, they're not going to pop 50, 52 points, but they could. So I'm going to say that Ohio State puts up 48 points and uh, gives up uh, maybe 24. So I'll do the double. I'll do the Brooks Lambeer double there. So 48-24 for Ohio State is my pick. What do you got? Well, I've always been a Penn State guy. I'm born in Pennsylvania, but I'm sorry, Nittany Lions. I don't think it's happening. Ohio State's going to be all over you. And I'm saying Ohio State, I'm saying they put up over 50. I'm going to say they put up. 56 and Penn State only gets 21. So big big 10 blowout. Maybe there. maybe 21. I'm going to I'm going to be nice and give them and say okay. 21, but well, that Ohio might not State happen. does get, you know, I've noticed, you know, like Rutgers got a couple easy touchdowns and I think, you know, it's just it's teams tend to let their guard down for a they second do, when they're especially when they're blowing teams, teams out. Right. Yeah. So I I think that's a good assessment. So we both like Ohio State plus the over. And really, I mean like if either thing happens that we predict this Ohio State Michigan State game is going to be something else. Yes. Well, also as well I think Minnesota still has Ohio State left to play on their schedule. So there are some teams that that, that that Ohio State has left to play. I just hope they don't overlook Penn State in a certain way to the Michigan State game and then down the road. Don't take Penn State lightly at, at Penn State because Penn State's a very good team at home. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm going to check Minnesota's schedule really quickly here, and I'm glad you brought it up because there is something I wanted to to talk about Minnesota for a second today, just for two seconds, because I am born and raised in Champaign, Illinois. But um, when we look at, um, yes. They finish with... They finish with uh, versus Ohio State. Yes, they, they host them on November 15th. And then so, at Nebraska and then at Wisconsin. Right. So, I mean, Minnesota, right now, they, they're looking pretty good. I mean, they have one loss in the season. They have, they have, they're have they 6-1. and one. I mean, that's a great job by Jerry Kill and the staff there at Minnesota. And, like, they, they went to Ann Arbor a few weeks ago on September 27th and d- dominated them. That was the famous concussion game there when, uh, when they, when they uh, did not pull Shane Morris out of the game. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, just to quickly segue into this, I mean, there's not much to mention here. Uh, I can't believe Minnesota's minus 6.5 at Illinois. Illinois has no—the the thing is, we, the reason that last week I was so certain about Michigan State— uh, being able to crush Indiana, and and you said Devin Gardner's not this guy. I mean, so I'm s- still certain that Michigan State's going to crush Michigan. But it, going into the Illinois thing, I mean, his name is Rory O'Toole, and he's Riley. a nice guy. Riley O'Toole, yes. Sorry, I'm thinking Rory McIlroy for some reason. But Riley O'Toole, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy, but he just doesn't really have good mechanics. And Wes Lunt is really what Illinois needed this season. And he suffered a leg injury, and he's out for a few weeks. Minnesota's coming in minus 6.5, over under 56. I mean, what's going to stop Minnesota from running for four, 500 yards in that game? 
I mean, Illinois is wearing these gray on blue uniforms. Gray is nothing. I've never seen it. I mean, uh, my joke to Brooks before we started said, is it because of red grange? <laughs> I mean, wh- wh- what's up, Illinois? Like, literally, you're going to get embarrassed on TV wearing this gray crap. So I'm sorry. They've got these gray helmets. I don't know what you're doing. You know what? You know what? It's perfect for them because they're so, like, lacking of color that they're just gray. So Minnesota's going to go in and literally run right through Illinois like a hot knife through butter. They're going to put up 49 points. Illinois is going to get maybe like 17. So that sounds perfect to me because that puts it over the 56. So Minnesota wins 49-17. And Illinois, I need you to clean up your act because you're literally becoming a laughingstock. So uh, that's my, uh, my talk to Mike Thomas of Illinois. Like, cut it out. What's up with Beckman? What's up with gray uniforms? What's up with the numbers? Like, you're embarrassing, and that's just the thing. I talk to all my friends from Champaign, Illinois. Like, we're all super embarrassed by you, and I'm here at Michigan State, and Michigan State does it right. Okay, Mark Hollis and D'Antonio, they do it correctly. They have nice patterns on their clothes. They, like, look clean. They look like throwback, and we kick the crap out of people here at Michigan State. But Illinois... Yeah, it's just getting worse and worse. So that's my rant for this week, Brooks. What do you think about the game? I'm going to say Minnesota wins this one hand, like, easily. Yeah. Easily. 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 I can't believe it's not minus, like, 17 I'm going to say Minnesota puts up 48, and I'll give 21 to Illinois. I'll yep. do my double like I like to do. No, that's more than double. No, that's, yeah, that, you yeah. got a 27. You know what? And, yeah. and you know, just to, 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 to piggyback my rant— I'm so angry because I just want to see Illinois do well. I saw the pictures of the renovation of the State Farm Center, which used to be called the Assembly Hall. The, uh, the, the chairs are blue, and they've done some stuff there, and that's nice. But, like, what's the deal with, like, literally aesthetics? Like, is, are your graphics people, like, like do you, did you hire, like, third graders to put your team together? You're wearing gray uniforms? Like, What? Last year, they looked like they bought their uniforms from Old Navy. Like, the, the no, yeah. So, offense to Old Navy, because Old Navy is the cheap gap. So, you need to, like, step it up to the gap. Look at all these teams that look cool. Illinois does not look cool. They play like crap. Okay, let's move on to a game of actually super importance. Ole Miss Rebels are going into Baton Rouge, and, and the Baton Rouge say, oh, yo, Tiger Bait, you come to cross Lake Pontchartrain, it's time to get some Tiger Bait. You so, Rebels, you, 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 oh, you, you Rebels, you man. come from Oxford, but guess what, yo, Tiger Bait. So, uh, Colonel Sanders. The thing is, LSU has had some struggles this season. They're 6-2, and two, which sounds awesome, but they got their butts kicked by, by Auburn, Really bad, and they barely beat Wisconsin. Who Wisconsin? I'm not so sold on, you know. But uh, this is a this is a redemption game for LSU. They're at home. They're underdogs at home. They're getting three and a half points. The Rebels. Some think the Rebels should be number one in the nation. Rebels are looking strong. This is the best I've ever seen the Rebels. Probably the best they've ever been since Archie Manning was their quarterback. Yeah, and the only decent time is when Eli was there for like a year or two. Yeah, yeah, and they got like a cotton bowl. Yeah. So everything's on the line. So I want Brooks, I want, and I'm looking at the stats. I mean, LSU's got a great pass defense. They're okay in rush defense. But, uh, you know, the rush defense for Ole Miss is great. The pass defense is great. I mean, these are some big boys going at it. LSU's ranked 24th, but they're underdogs at home, and I'm expecting them to play well. But, man, what, what do you think about this one? I don't know. It Down in the bayou for the for them Tigers there, you the know. Tigers. I, Tigers. I, they play well at home. They do. I And Ole Miss... <laughs> They they haven't been. Bull Wallace has not been the old ball, ball the old Bull Wallace we would know where throw a lot of interceptions. And I'm big on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, as you know. Yeah, that's who beat. That's the other team that beat LSU, thirty four yes. to twenty nine, and that and they was beat in it in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. So, 
But this Ole Miss team is very good in the trenches. They have a very good defense. They have Robert Candici, another uh, former number one um, recruit out of high school a couple years back. Yeah, and they I saw have a his picture brother. of him on the internet the other day. Yeah. But go on. <laughs> um, he's just... Uh, they they have a good defense. They fight well in the trenches. I don't think LSU's there yet. They have a young freshman quarterback, mm-hmm. freshman running back. They're just not there yet. Their defense is good, but I think Ole Miss wins this one. Oh, okay. And I'm going to say Ole Miss wow. wins. Okay. I'm going to say Bo Wallace and the Rebels put up 35, and LSU gets 28. So a touchdown win, which would cover and go over. Okay. So this is that's a I, I like the pick. I mean, the, the, and the thing is, I look last week, they uh, uh, they being Ole Miss, they defeated Tennessee thirty four to three. So I'm thinking this game stays under the the forty three and a half is very low. So uh, you know it, it won't take much to go over forty three and a half. But uh, you know, I just think it's going to be one of those games where, but it's just a low scoring affair. And, you know, I I said upset alert last week. I'm going to say upset alert this week. I think this one, and it's not going to take Ole Miss out of the playoff because there's going to be one lost teams in there at the end, okay? But I think that the LSU Tigers are going to defend their turf. I think they're going to win a very low-scoring game. I think they're going to win, you know, one, one by maybe a field goal at the end, you know. Just it's a close game and lots of field goals. So I'm going to say it's going to be 19-16. LSU wins on a last-second field goal Jeez. and a game with lots of field goals because we got a g- good defense. And I think this is the game, you know, where Les Miles is like, this is it, guys. You got to do this. You got to, you know, we're if we lose twice at home to Miss to Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and I and we went into Auburn and got our butts kicked, then we're no longer relevant in the SEC. So because there's so many great teams, so I'm picking. That's like like last week I picked West Virginia to beat Baylor. This week I'm picking LSU to, to beat Ole Miss. He wants so, his grass smoothie. He wants it. He wants to eat some grass and say tiger bait. You was tiger bait, you rebels. So uh, yeah, I'm expecting that one to be a good one. Okay, final game, and we'll just uh, touch on this briefly. It's a Pac-12 matchup, and it's an interesting one because it's uh, one of those new pairings because of the 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 adding from Pac-10 to Pac-12 when Colorado and Utah got added in. So the Utah Utes, who are ranked 19th in the nation, are hosting the USC Trojans, who are ranked 20th in the nation. Now USC is a one-point favorite, so they're minus one. Over/under is 56. Utah, they had uh, they had a, a backup quarterback play in their last game, and now it's it's one of those games where people are going to see how good is Utah because Utah went into Ann Arbor and won. They're so their backup team. quarterback played. Yeah, so I mean, why don't you talk a little bit about this one because I think it's going to be a really good game. USC is an enigma to me because they have such a they have so many good prospects. They have such a good they have talent, but for some reason they can never pull things together. They lose to Boston College on the road, thirty seven to thirty one. Yes, terrible. And they loss. lose to Arizona State at home, thirty eight thirty four. But you beat a good Stanford team at Stanford, thirteen to ten. Yes, but Stanford did get defeated twenty six ten by Arizona State. So both teams lost, and Arizona State yes. took three touchdowns at the very end of the game. Yes. To do and then you beat game. Arizona twenty eight twenty six. That's but a they, good win. You know. It's it's they're an enigma to me. I don't know when they're going right. to play well. I think they're very hot and cold. Yes, but for some reason, I think they're going to be fine this week. I really? think they want to get it done. Cody Cussler's been good this year. He's uh, 162 for 233. They throw the ball a lot uh-huh. to him and Steve Car- uh, Sarkeesian's offense. Sure, 1,884 yards. He completes almost 70 percent of his passes. 18 touchdowns to one interception. 
and he has very good athletic wide receivers. So I like USC in this game. Okay. I'm going to say the Trojans win in a high-scoring game. Okay. 49-38. to 38. 49-38. So really high-scoring affair in the in Utah there. All right, and I'm just going to look, you know, I'm pulled up the 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 stats. See, USC Cody Kessler good good he is, uh, you know, 273 yards a game. That's 35th in the nation. The pass defense for Utah is not the greatest. It's 99th overall, but their rush defense is is 19th in the nation. And USC's rush offense is 46th. So, we have another clash here. And um, you know, the question just is to me, how good is Utah and does the home field is it going to be an advantage? I mean, I think, yes, they're going to be uh, uh, as up. This is the most important game that they've ever had since Urban Meyer was there, since Urban Meyer led them to a Fiesta Bowl victory. I believe it was over the Pitt Panthers. I'm trying to remember. But that's when Alex Smith was the quarterback, I believe. Larry Fitzgerald was playing for the Panthers? Uh, Yeah, I think that exactly was. Yep. And so this is just a big game. So... Uh, USC, just like you mentioned, they went to Boston College, they didn't play well on the road, but that's a game they expected to win, and they just slept, walked yeah. through it. Now, they got caught snoozing, just like Michigan State almost did against Nebraska, and they did get burnt on a Hail Mary. So, uh, thank the Lord Michigan State didn't get burnt against Nebraska in that similar game on the exact same night. Now, Utah, I just think the crowd's going to be into it. I think we're going to see, like, it's tough. This 56 is right there. You're, you're right. It's tough. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not sure if it's going to be a high-scoring affair, low-scoring affair. I'm going to just say now that it's going to be a lower-scoring affair. I'm going to say that Utah wins 27-23. to 23, Wow. So it stays at 50 points total. But I think this is the game that puts a third loss on USC, you know, which is important for Michigan State's because I think eventually Notre Dame's going to go to USC and lose. So this is good for Michigan State, for U- USC to have three losses and then defeat Notre Dame, right? Because we, Michigan State, need Notre Dame to get a second loss here. Because if Notre Dame goes through the rest of their seasons unscathed, they're getting into the final, the final four. I guarantee it, after they played so well at Florida State. Yeah. So I'm going to go Utah 27-23, and uh, I'm just expecting that'll be a nice, uh, good game. Hopefully we're in a good mood when that swings around. You know? I just think, just but if you look at the teams they play against like spread offenses, uh-huh. like it just gets to high, well, with the exception of maybe Arizona, it gets just to very high scoring. That's why I picked so many points for yeah. that game. Hey, I, I think that's a, a fair assessment. I mean, what, what, it's interesting to see. I mean, I, I kind of like it when you and I are contrasting on this, you know, just to see. I mean, it's always fun to get into it. So, um, cool. All right, well, then let's do a quick uh, little spin through on NFL here. Um, we'll uh, knock on uh, NFL week eight. And last week, you and I were just kind of right down the middle. We were both two for four. Uh, we were both right about uh, you. You actually picked New Orleans to win. I had them covering. They covered. They blew that game. The Saints. I mean, the Saints season. I. That's they're wrecked. I. I don't know what's the deal there. You. You can't give up two touchdowns. Jimmy the, Graham didn't even get a touchdown, and that's unusual for fantasy because yeah. the guy I was playing the fantasy had Jimmy Graham. I was like, wow, he didn't get any points for him. And there's a buddy of mine here. You know, we talk about LSU. There's a buddy of mine here on campus now, an undergrad friend of mine, and you know, he really loves the Saints. And I felt so bad for him because. When it was 23 to 10, I said to him, you know, we were texting back and forth. I said, well, all, the only, just don't give up a quick touchdown. And what they do, they threw it down the right sidelines, the lines did, and they just couldn't tackle the dude. And it was 23-17, and then Breeze throws an interception. So, anyway, that leads us to the first game. And this is so weird. It's so bizarre. We've seen London games in the NFL before. And normally, they kick off at 1 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, which is, I would assume, about 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in, in the UK. Right? Right. Okay. Well, this one, they want to have basically like an afternoon game for the UK. Right? 
Okay. Okay. Now, so that means that if you're a Lions fan, which I totally sort of am not, but you know what? For my friend's sake, I'll I'll get up and watch, perhaps. Now, 9.30 in the morning morning on Sunday, which is 6.30 a.m. on the West Coast. So that's weird. So if you were in Vegas, I don't even know if the sports book opens. You better get in early on Saturday for this one. But the Detroit Lions are going to be playing in London. I'm not sure if it's in Wembley or something. It usually is. But they're playing the Atlanta Falcons. And this year you you can call them the Atlanta F something up. Because they keep screwing up. They lost 29-7 against uh, Baltimore Ravens last week. Atlanta looks terrible. And the Lions, I mean, what a great comeback. And the defense looks good. They had they, That's good. So the Lions are 5-2 and two in the season. They're minus 3.5 in London, over under 47. I'm just going to come straight out and say it. They're going to whoop them, man. They're going to put a hurting on them. It's gonna, and, and a hurting for them is a, a game that stays under. So I'm going to say uh, that the Lions are going to come out and win this one by a whopping score of 24 to 13, and the people in the London are going to be like, where's Liverpool? <laughs> so what do you think about this one? I, I think the Lions are going to win this one. I, they are putting up points on offense, the Falcons, but they're not. their defense isn't doing much of anything. Yeah. I mean, I have Rod, Roddy White on my fantasy team, and he's, okay. he's putting up numbers for me. Matt Ryan's putting up numbers as well. But I just think it's – the, the way the Lions are playing right now and their offense is clicking and they're stopping people for once, I just think, you know, and it's um, the only thing that's really stopping both these teams if one team just isn't getting used to the jet lag. That's the only thing I think that's really going to be the They're probably over difference. there already. They probably. I mean, they have to be. Yeah. Like, they're there. Yeah. So, yeah. I think Detroit wins 28-17. Uh, 28-17. So, we both have an 11-point spread. And uh, you have it at 45. I have it at uh, f- uh, at 37. So we we both think a low scoring affair. And really, it's one. It's just not a compelling matchup. So I bagged on Illinois. What's the deal, uh, NFL? What's the deal with you guys? So I, I'm just in a grumpy mood. I got bronchitis. Everybody, what's the deal, NFL? You throw these Thursday night games on TV. And then you simulcast it with CBS and NFL, but it's the same broadcast. Are you guys stupid? Like, why would you have the same broadcast on two channels? Like, make the NFL network have some other camera angle or some fantasy stats. Like, give me a reason to split screen the thing. I mean, it's literally dumb. What sports bar doesn't have CBS and NFL network? Like, who's going, hmm, I wonder what's on NFL network now that CBS has the game on too? I mean, it's just the dumbest thing. So, Roger Goodell, I don't get the marketing perspective. Just seems dumb. And then you're going to send the Lions and the Falcons over to London. That's the product you want them to see. And the, the other one that was, was the Dolphins and the Raiders. Like, literally, I don't get it. So, you're not, like, you're just boring. You're boring. So, like, fix it. <laughs> There's like a, 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 a an old SNL skit with Keenan. He's like, fix it. I don't know. I just don't get it. I mean, have you seen these Thursday stuff? Like, it just seems boring. I mean, even when the Patriots played the Jets uh, last week, just like, you know. It's, I mean, it's it was like, a good game last night between San Diego and Denver, but usually the Thursday games, there's not very many good matchups. It wasn't, but if they were blowing them out pretty much the whole game, I mean, there was it was 35-21. I don't know. I don't know. I'm in a bad mood today. I'm cranky. I'm letting I'm letting millionaires have it today, right? Me, me making zero dollars here and enjoying the heck out of what I'm doing. But you know what? I just want a better product from Illinois, from the NFL. Like, you guys have so much going for you. Why are you sending the Lions to play the Falcons overseas? You know what Especially I mean? Especially this late in the season. Yeah. It's just weird, man. Okay. So here's a weird one. I just want to get quickly through this. Okay. Seattle Seahawks. 
They're pooping their season away. They lost at home to the Cowboys because the Cowboys are actually pretty good. But then they go to the Rams and get worked, basically. They get tricked on a trick play that the Bears did a couple years ago that didn't work. They get where, where the punt the punt team acted like it was going one direction. Everybody ran over. There was like a dog chasing a fake Frisbee. I mean, and Russell Wilson's awesome. He had the best fantasy week of, every, of, of almost anybody last week. But they came up short. They lost by two to the Rams. So they're, they're minus four and a half at Carolina, who got completely ripped up by the Aaron Rodgers. So this one, I have no idea. The over-under is 44 and a half. I just wanted to hear what you think about this. I, just, I don't know. I, you know, I, I mean, I watch NFL every once in a while. You know, and I, you know, I keep it up with fantasy football. Sure. But I don't know what's going on with the Seattle Seahawks, especially after the, after the season they had last year. Maybe that Percy Harvin incident or mess Something's got, got going on. crushed. I don't know. Apparently... A lot of the other players say Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's not black enough or something. Yeah, that's weird, and that just sounds horrible. It just sounds. I like, don't even like that sentence. I, I mean, like that just sounds terrible. It just sounds like bad camaraderie in the locker room. Something's going Something's on. Something's going on, and I, I think it's affecting the team. And I didn't. I have the Carolina. Happen. I have the Carolina defense for fantasy football, and mm-hmm. they are not playing well. No. And this is this is like I don't know what to think of this game. That's why it's, it's just worth the discussion. And like you know, here I was for weeks and weeks saying like Pete Carroll's going to keep them together. They're falling apart, and now they're third place in their own division. They're looking up at San Francisco, who lost an, an, a game to, to Denver. We both predicted that correctly. But uh, it's the Cardinals who are 5-1. and one. The Cardinals— Houston. Yeah, I mean, hey, and, and Carson Palmer was back in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, like, Seattle, they're, I think they're 3-3 three and three on the season. You know, six games in. They got 10 left. They better figure it out. So they're mm-hmm. minus 4.5 on the road. They're a West Coast team— this is essentially, you know, this is tough. So this is why I'm picking Carolina to win again because Seattle's out of their element now. They're in the East Coast. It's going to be what is essentially a 10 a.m. start for them. So you talk about jet lag. I mean, I think they have Super Bowl lag now. I didn't think it was going to happen, man. But they always talk about it. This is why it's so hard to repeat is because egos start getting in the way. You know, Harvin's talking smack, They so they ship him out. Now he's happy that they lost. Now Marshawn Lynch is saying, I miss my man. You know, now, like you said, there's infighting about Russell Wilson. I just, this is what happens. It's a human nature thing. So Carolina Panthers in a high-scoring affair that goes over 44 and a half because there's just some issues there. Carolina Panthers are going to win 34 to 31, and they're, they're dogs at home. They're going to win. So I have Carolina 34-31. What do you got? I'm going to go Carolina 28, Seattle 21. All right, Carolina. Say that one more time. 28. And uh-huh. Seattle twenty one. So you have Seattle losing by a full touchdown. Yes. Okay. And then that that we both have it going over. So, all right. Speaking of infighting, we'll just quickly spin through this. The Bears, who uh, we didn't talk about on Walk the Line, but I was telling my friend Ryan Smith, I was like, dude, Miami always wins against the Bears, and sure enough, they spanked them. And now the Bears, there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, Brandon Marshall's still going to stick by Cutler, and and that's cool, Brandon Marshall. I think Brandon I mean, Marshall. But, like, Erlacher, who's retired, is smacking. He doesn't like Cutler. No, he doesn't like Cutler. He's saying Cutler doesn't deserve it. He's not a big money quarterback. I mean, really, the Bears are the Bears. They're nothing. They're boring. So the Bears are going to New England. The Patriots are minus six. And Patriots are an enigma because, like, they should have covered against the Jets. And they almost lost on a, on a very long field goal that got blocked. I mean, that was tough. But they shouldn't. The Jets, they shouldn't have been in the game. Overner's 50. I mean, I just don't know what to expect from this one. So why don't you go first on this one? I'm gonna say New England wins. I just don't think Chicago. They're just the mess they're in right now. And then you're yeah. playing a Patriots team that, for some reason, 
Mate plays bad against some teams, but then they play really well. And Tom Brady played well a couple weeks ago. Yes, yes. He put up a lot of fancy points for me um, when I didn't start him, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But that happens. Anyways, I'm going to say New England wins 31 to 24. All right, so you got him covering by a point, and you have the game going over, and I agree on both fronts. I think it's going to be the Bears' defense. I mean, if you're going to give up 27 or whatever they give up to the Miami Dolphins, you're going to give up 30-something to the, the Patriots. I mean, Tannehill didn't look too bad. He's, no. Tannehill's developing. Yeah. I'm like, also my fantasy team, too. Yeah, he's, so that's, he's, yeah good. he's good. He's good. Yeah. He's good. And, and Miami's a solid team. They, they blew the game against Green Bay, but they're solid. They've, they've done well this season. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, just the Bears, there's something wrong. And that's where, the, that's where the, you know, the paradox of the NFL kicks in. And you go, wait, how did the Bears beat the Patriots? But I am going to say that New England puts up 38 points, and the Bears are just stuck doing what the Bears do. They get their touchdowns, but they don't. They come up short. So 38-27. Uh, I'm so cover those too many interceptions then. Yeah, just they're sloppy. So anyway, so sorry, Bears. You're screwing up another season. All right. Uh, here's a game where you know I love I love Phillies. Uh, you know they have a proclivity to put up points. Okay, and so uh, you know they they were they played too too well on defense when they shut out the Giants twenty seven nothing. This week they're going in a four p.m. game to Arizona to play the first place Arizona Cardinals. So the Cardinals are getting that hometown uh, minus three that the NFL gives. So it's, that's basically what a push is in the NFL. You know, not a push. Excuse me, a, a, an even up game. Okay, when a home team gets three, that's like saying, we're not sure, so you guys figure it out. Okay, so, uh, you know, I, I'm not really sold on the Cardinals. I mean, I, it feels like they're beating teams like the Raiders and stuff. You know what I mean? It seems like they're kind of easing their way through the year. Philly seems for real. I mean, they're not the best team I've ever seen, but they're pretty dang good. And uh, I think Chip Kelly's going to go in there. I think they're going to. I think they're going to beat him pretty bad. Now I just have to say it's going to go over. I mean, I, 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 I just I'm sticking with because of Chip. Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean their games always get to the 50s. So just to run through quickly, I'm expecting Philly to go in and win. They're going to win by a touchdown. So I think that that we're going to have a 34-27 game here. So 34-27, uh, Philly wins, and Philly's on the way to the playoffs. I mean, I, I, I I'm. Always historically hated Philadelphia, but for some reason, there's something I, I like about Nick Foles. And, um, you know, I like, you know, I saw Bradley Cooper on TV. He was wearing uh, like a visor with the like, Chip, Car- Chip Kelly hair out of it. So it's funny. They're having fun in Philadelphia now. And it seems like there's like a good happiness going on. And I think that's going to carry through to a victory. And, a, and you know, as, as underdogs, I really love them. But, but the over is what I'm expecting to see too. So Philly with the over. Arizona has a, has a really good defense. I don't, not sure if what's going to happen. This is an interesting game because you have a good defense going against a really high powered offense. Uh huh. I'm going to say Philadelphia wins. Okay. I'm going to say they win 31 21. I'm going to do my old 31 21. Okay. And why don't you keep, why don't you add a little more to that? Because like, I, I, I want to hear what you have to say. I mean, you're saying good, good, good offense. You're saying that the, the, the Cardinals defense is pretty solid. Yeah. Year, I just, huh? I just don't think the, the Cardinals offense, they don't have a lot of weapons. I mean, they have some running back. They, you know, they have a couple running backs. Um, they really only have a Larry Fitzgerald. They do have Michael Floyd, but Carson Palmer's here and there sometimes. But defensively, Arizona's pretty solid. I mean, they are very solid. Yeah. I mean, if, if I go through the, 
the Arizona Cardinals, uh, you know, the scores from this year because it, it's interesting to see. I mean, you know, a 5-1 and one team, that's unexpected. And like I, I said, I was bagging on them here a little bit because I'm saying, well, they haven't really played anybody. But they did beat the Chargers in Week 1, and the Chargers now have dropped a funeral. They beat the Giants when the Giants were pretty weak. But, you know, they beat the 49ers at home, and that was a very good win. They lost to Denver. Can't really begrudge them too much for that. They beat the Redskins. It was 23-20, and they covered on a pick six. I remember that. And then they beat the Raiders. So, you know, this is a good test to see because, you know, Philadelphia, their they're only losses to the 49ers on the road. And like I said, the, their last game before the bye was back on October 12th was against the Giants, 27 nothing. I mean, they whooped them. So I just I think that Philly's good. I think Philly's gonna gonna roll. And if 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 it weren't for the Cowboys doing so well, I'd say they'd roll to the division. But now I think both the Cowboys and the Eagles are gonna make the playoffs. So uh, it'd be interesting to see. So okay, final game to talk about on this week's walk line is the 8 p.m. game in the NFL. It is the uh, Green Bay Packers who are looking great. They've won a uh, you know about four in a row I think ever since uh, Aaron Rodgers said relax. They're going into New Orleans. And New Orleans has been struggling. So uh, this game, uh, I don't know why I didn't write the spread in, so hang on one sec. Okay, so this game is even. It's even-steven. So when a game is even, money, that's why there is no line. The over-under is 55. When a game is even-steven, even, that means basically that you're saying that Green Bay is maybe favored by three. I mean, that's just NFL gives home teams three points. So... New Orleans just hasn't been showing it to me. The 55 is where it's important because I think this game is going over, okay? Rodgers is looking pinpoint. To Jordy Nelson, they did a thing on ESPN about the back shoulder fade. You cannot stop it. Uh, New Orleans seems to be able to, be able to put up points at home, but uh, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers on the warpath. They want, he's going to win that division. It, that's why the Lions need to keep winning to keep pace with him. So I'm just going to come out and say Green Bay is going to win in a game that goes over. I'm going to say uh, uh, 38 to 31 in this one. So it's going to go to 69 points in this one. Yeah, I just think, like you said, Rodgers is hot. I don't think New Orleans just doesn't. Breeze isn't looking good. Like I said, Jimmy Jimmy Graham didn't have any touchdowns last week, and it seems like catches. So That's weird. Which is really weird because Jimmy man. Graham is always, like for fantasy, always like assured at least like 14 points a I game. I hear you. So I just think the Green Bay Packers come in, they, they're doing what they do, and I think they win, I'm going to say they put up 42, and then wow, big, big New score. Orleans only puts up, I'm going to say 28. 42-20, so big blowout on, on Sunday night. That never happens, but. No, I mean, hey, yeah, you, you think it's going over, I think it's going over, we both think Green Bay's going to win. I mean, New Orleans is, is just, at, at this point, if they lose, I think then they'll be 2-6 and six on the season. That's terrible, so you can't do that. And that, that, I mean, they do have their Super Bowl under Sean Payton with Drew Brees, but I think, uh, you know, the glory days are done for the Saints. You know, it's it's time for them to maybe start rebuilding or something. I don't know. And I don't really blame Brees, but that interception he threw against the Lions last week, that was pretty bad because that did cost him the game. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, if he doesn't force it over to the middle, maybe they punt and, and, and lose anyway, but at least it, it's, not a pick, it's not a pick that brings the ball back to the 20. So just a tough, tough season for New Orleans. Tough, tough to see them beating Green Bay with Green Bay streaking like they are. So cool. Well, uh, yeah, that was Walk the Line here for NCAA Week 9 and NFL Week 8. My name's Dan Cryer. That's Brooks Lambeer. And, you know, uh, just to put a stamp on this week's show, Michigan Wolverines are coming in here tomorrow to East Lansing. It's a big, big game. Brooks and I both expect 
Michigan State to just uh, demolish them. And uh, I'm going to be very uh, uh, enjoying, joyful and enjoying that as it goes on. And, and I, I'm, gonna, I'm out for blood. I want a big, 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 big blowout. So what do you, what do you got to say for that? I mean, it's college football. Who knows? That's why I said a week to prepare for Michigan. That could be close to the number one thing, so at least for the first two quarters. Yeah, maybe they'll still win, it's but it's gonna—they're gonna get some late touchdowns, maybe. I would—I just want to see us just smash, smash, smash. No mercy, baby. I'm like the—I'm like the evil uh, sensei from Karate Kid, you know. No mercy, sweep the leg. I mean, it's just nothing. I—I'm—I I think that Michigan State needs to channel all the anger from the Oregon game, which I'm still holding. They need to remember how they blew the th- almost blew the game against Nebraska. They need to remember that they played stupidly against Purdue, and then they, you know, gave up a couple long runs against Indiana but struck struck back very mightily against Indiana. And I want to see the second-half team against Indiana play the full game against Michigan. And I want to see Michigan have this one historic on the record. Ooh, crap, we gave up 60, 70 points to Michigan State. Ouch. So so we'll see. So uh, anything else to add? Not really. Just looking forward to a good weekend of sports. Yeah, I can't wait. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and I uh, hope you have a good weekend and a good week, and we will be back here next week. So take care. Take care.